millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he stops robbing his home. on the road has alarm bells ringing the capitulation at the John Smith Stadium leaves the addicts right in the relegation doo-doo now welcome to Charlton Live Dear. Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. My name is uh, Louis Mendes and joining me uh, here in the studio as we come to you live on your Sunday evening uh, from the Valley to look back at yesterday's thoroughly disappointing 4-0 thumping uh, up at the John Smith Stadium against Huddersfield. Uh, joining me here is uh, just Tom Willings, the only one who could drag himself in today to uh, mull over that slightly disappointing performance yesterday. You right, Tom? Right, I got out of bed on time, so that's a start, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah I suppose. Lucky me talking about it all over again. Yeah, you were there. Yep. And it was a tough one. Are you, are you over it now? Are you ready to... I think so. I still don't really know what to make of the game, but we'll come to that. But yeah, I think I'm over it. I'm sort of thinking about next week now, focusing on, yeah. the, uh, on the future, the stuff we can change. So Yeah, well, we can't change yesterday, but we will uh, discuss it. We'll hear the highlights uh, of the game uh, shortly. Uh, from Valley Pass. We'll hear, of course, Lee Bayer's reaction, his full post-match interview after the game. Um, and we want to hear from you guys as well. Um, 
yesterday's performance. You know, yesterday's result very, very disappointing, and it, you know it, it, it sounds real alarm bells for me because you know when you're getting into the nitty gritty end of the season to 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 go down by four goals against a team that's a relegation rival. Uh, no matter if we even had a spell in the game, which we certainly did, but to, to end up capitulating like that really has alarm bells ringing for me. Um, so let us know what you made of, uh, of yesterday's game. You can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk. Uh, you can tweet us at Charlton Live, or you can head over to the Charlton Live forum to have your say on uh, yesterday's performance. Uh, let us know where you think we stand now within the, the relegation battle with two points. Uh, above Middlesbrough on the same points as Stoke. Uh, Borough have still got a game in hand. They're playing Nottingham Forest on Monday evening. Uh, so if they win that, Stoke will drop into the bottom three and we'll be on level points with someone in the bottom three, which will certainly be alarming. Um, so yeah, make sure you get in touch with the show. Let us know what you made of it. Uh, anything else you want to talk about from yesterday as well, get in touch with the studio. Plenty, I'm sure, to talk about on this evening's Charlton Live. So before we hear the highlights, Tom, um, it, it was a strange game, wasn't it, yesterday? I mean... Um, First 10 minutes, we, we were very much on the back foot. Then we just seemed to sort of calm down and start to have a bit of possession of our own. Then, like we have so many times this season, we absolutely gifted Huddersfield Town a goal and the former Charlton striker, Carlin Grant, was more than happy to unwrap that present. Um, made a switch at half-time. Johnny Williams came on, clearly had our best spell of the game in the, probably the 20, 25 minutes yeah. after half-time, created a few chances, run able to take one, uh, then conceded the second 15 minutes from time. And then concede two more after that which like I say is always a, a bad sign when, when you get a team who start to uh, sort of like drop like flies almost it felt like uh, they, they'd lost their heads in, the, in that, that final sort of 15 minutes uh, and conceded another couple of goals and you know it comes at the end of a very difficult week for us yeah and I don't think you can ignore those last two goals just because they came so late it would be very easy to say that we were pushing for the game and therefore they've just hit us on the counter which they have but as I said right at the end of commentary yesterday, at this stage in the season, performances don't really matter, it's results. And the, the fact of the matter is that we've been beaten 4-0 yesterday and that's our biggest loss of the season. It's Boyer's biggest, biggest loss, loss in, in four charge. Years. Yeah, it's a... It's, since, since the 5-0 and 6-0, yeah. Huddersfield and Hull. So it's... Um, yeah, it was a very tough one to take. And what's what's even weirder is, as we spoke about after the game, is it wasn't an awful performance as you said just then we we had some spells in that game where we looked okay particularly that start of the second half we had a couple of really not just half chances but really decent opportunities to get back into that game didn't take them and like I say it's very easy to come on here and say well we had those spells because we did but we did lose that game 4-0 and there's no sugarcoat in a 4-0 defeat unfortunately Boya said it himself after the game it, it puts us in a very precarious position and I said it on again at the end of commentary yesterday for the first time. I'm a bit worried about relegation now. And I, I still just about hold the belief that I do think we'll stay up. But I, I can see now that it's going to be a real slog to the end of the season. And we've said for a few weeks now that for me, this team don't perform when they're nervous. Uh, and yesterday, those little mistakes for me were a sign of nerves. And if that's the case, then obviously all the games that we've got coming up against the likes of Harlem, Middlesbrough and Wigan around us players have got to find a way not to be nervous because when we're not we're one of the better sides in this division but as soon as we look nervous we get sloppy and throw away silly goals which is what happened yesterday all right let's have a listen then to the highlights uh, on valley pass from yesterday's game your commentators were terry smith uh, and a very own tom wallin 
Now Smith throws on the ball and Huddersfield coming forward. Halfway inside the chart and half. Inside um, to Fraser Campbell, I think that is, who thinks about a shot and he's just stayed on it too long and McGeady picks his pocket. George Lapsey now passes the ball back to Oshelaju, who's given it away and Huddersfield are in and Huddersfield have scored and Carlin Grant against his former club. Oh, well, it's all come from Charlton's own doing out of nothing, really. It was a brilliant tackle from George Lapsey to win the ball back. Charlton looked like they were getting away. But a pass back to uh, Oshelaja, who just kept the ball for a second too long. His pocket was picked, and Carlin Grant had the easy option of just steering it past Dylan Phillips and out of nothing Huddersfield have gone ahead well it's an easy uh, easy option now to blame Oshelaja and you should because he dallied on it but it was an absolute hospital ball by George Lapsley back to him left him with almost nothing to do nowhere to go and it just fell to Grant and uh, even if he wasn't in good goal scoring form he's not going to miss this drop to Manirim so he goes back to Smithrow Nice link-up play with Willock and then chips it over the top looking for Smith-Rowe but Cullen oh. cuts it out but only as far as him and Smith-Rowe has a shot so, a brilliant save down his near post from Phillips and then Grant gets there with the second shot and it's off the post but harmlessly wide really it was the very outside of the post from a tight angle yet again Simpson's on an overlap and this time he's got a bit of space to get that cross in towards the back post and Carlin Grant with a free header on the edge of the six-yard box and it's bounced off his shoulder and out for a chart and goal kick but no one was picking up Carlin Grant in the middle and another great chance as the referee brings this first half to a close. How many gifts today? Osha Larger picks it up, gives it to Cullen, and now Matthews gives it ahead to George Lapsley, who then gives it back to Matthews on the overlap. Matthews inside to Taylor, who should get there first, and he's brought down, and surely that's a free kick. Matthews in the area, oh, and it's down to, oh, well, it's down to Green, it was blocked out to Williams on the edge of the six-yard box, who got the second shot in. It's been deflected behind from a charm corner. That's great football. Matthews at the head, at the heart of it again. It was away, and Huddersfield might be able to come away here. And here goes Willock, and they've got three against two here, Huddersfield. Willock striding over the halfway line. He's got Smith Rowe on one side which he uses. Doughty goes out to close him down. Back into Willock inside the charge. Surely be and Phillips comes out and makes a great save and it's out for Huddersfield corner but that quick transition from the home side and it almost cost Shalaja. no one on the touchline. Oh, he's, he's done, done really so well, well to get past to follow into the penalty area. Needs help. Gets it across Oshelaja. What a chance and for Charlie Bond is livid that Oshelaja didn't pick him out and he went backwards instead into the feet of uh, O'Brien back out here to Tofolo and Pritchard again Tofolo goes for the return gets a cross in out to Inter oh. has just hit him and gone in the net well, Dylan Phillips is furiously appealing for something whether it's a handball or an offside I'm not sure it's not going to matter he's saying game. it's a handball it just hit Munio didn't know anything about it that's the second goal it was brilliant link-up play, you have to say that, from Huddersfield over on the left-hand side. And a wicked ball in behind the charm back four. Something we've spoken about all day. It was a great ball into the edge of the six-yard box and it's bounced off him into the back and side to Munio. Fons Bakuna again on a bit of a run. Thinks about a left-foot shot. Oshelaja commits to the tackle. Oh, into Grant. Ball. Grant's going to score. 3-0. Sloppy from Charm to give it away in their own half. Good bit of play from Huddersfield in the Charm box. As you say, Carlin Grant was always going to score that, but I don't know if this has been a 3 0 game myself. But Charm, the end, have been well and truly beaten here at the John Smith Stadium. I've been saying it week in, week out on the podcast. I'm not worried. I think for the first time, I might. 
it to Bakuna again. Bakuna still on the ball, takes the shot. Oh, oh an absolute screamer of a goal into the right-hand corner. Nothing Dylan Phillips could do about it. You'd have to say maybe he's allowed to run too far before taking the shot. But uh, that puts the cap on it. Well, I'm not going to complain at Charlton players for that at this stage in the game. You're already 3-0 down. I think giving them a bit of space in your own half is to be expected. It's a wonderful strike, but, you know, that strike's not why we've lost this game. Um, as you said, it's crucial goals at crucial times, and that's really the only goal of this game that wasn't really, it was not much we could do about. The other ones have all come from our own mistakes, and as I said a few minutes ago, how many times have we conceded goals from basic set pieces? How many times have we conceded goals from silly mistakes? How many times have we conceded goals because we've been too cold coming out of the start of the second half? If you put all those goals together, you know, it's the majority of the ones we've conceded, and it's the same mistakes time and time and time again. You know, I'm as positive as they come as a Charlton fan. I always try and find the positives in performances, and even today, I think there have been some, but when you're down there in a relegation battle as the referee throws the final whistle, positives aren't good enough. Results is all that matters now, and we haven't got enough of them at the moment. So there we go. That was the highlights uh, from yesterday's, well, heavy defeat in the end uh, up at the John Smith Stadium. And uh, yeah, it doesn't sound any better on the on second nah. uh, second listen, unfortunately. Um, it's a tough one. I mean, like I say, for, for, there were some spells in that game where we looked well, mo- most notably, like I say, the first 20, 25 minutes of the second half. But I- I've always seen it as a real sort of worrying sign when a team tails off that much towards the end of the game because it just suggests there's a mentality problem at the end of a of a game where you know well, so, you know we've had a we've had, we've had a good performance uh, you know we've had a good spell even uh, been unable to find that goal as soon as we've fallen two behind you know the heads have really dropped um and then we've conceded two more in the closing stages that that for me suggests suggest we may have a problem there with a bit of belief because I mean that 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 shouldn't happen and Bayou were clearly upset after after he says you know you, you can get beat but get beat 4-0 that's not like us and that that really really started to ring alarm bells for me yeah and it's going to go one or two ways I think um <clears throat> I spoke just before we heard the highlights there that for me this team the quality that this team have and the way this team perform is very much dictated by their confidence and you saw it in the game yesterday that after that second goal, the confidence just drained out of those players. They'd been hit by a 94th minute winner uh, on Wednesday night. They hadn't come back down. I know you mentioned it on on Thursday's pod about coming back down, seeing your families and resetting. They obviously didn't have the opportunity to do that and they stayed up there. Maybe that was still hanging over them. And then that second goal really yesterday just killed any momentum we had. And again, they did. They just looked like they'd lost all belief. Um, which is weird because, as you say, we've we've not seen that yet under Lee Bowyer, and that's why I kind of say it, I think it's it's going to go one way or the other, and this team need to find a way to get over that and and play the the football that we know they can do because they have done that in recent weeks. We have to remember we've beaten Forest, we've beaten Luton, beaten Barnsley. You know, we've, we have had results in the past few weeks, but the last couple, you know, I saw the game on Wednesday via the, the stream, and I obviously was there yesterday and the performances were nowhere near as bad as the likes of Stoke and Middlesbrough in particular maybe even Wigan away um, Preston at home but at this stage in the season I said it there in the kind of summing up at the end of the game performances don't really matter all you need to do is win games and for me I don't care how we play 
so long as we win. But in order to get those wins, I think we need to be a confident side. And I didn't see a confident team walking off that pitch yesterday. So it's going to be a hell of a job for for Bose and Jacko and the rest of the uh, coaching staff to rally the troops this week, whether they give them some time off or whether they do any, some sort of, uh, I don't know, team bonding or something to just get them all together and, and remind them what a good squad they are because we know that they are. We can't be too reactionary just based on this, but we're down in a dogfight now and this team hasn't really had to deal with that so far in their kind of infancy because last year they obviously got themselves promoted and for the majority of this season, although form has tailed off, we haven't really had to deal with a relegation scrap, so it'll be very interesting to see how they handle this now. Mm, yeah, because I mean, lo- losing by more than one goal isn't something that had happened too often. Yeah. I think maybe three times before before yesterday, but it's happened a couple of times in the last few weeks now. If you look at the Stoke game and, of course, uh, yesterday, uh, and, and that's alarm bells for me as well. Um, clearly, we're, we're, we're missing players at the back, and it was always going to be a bit of a unknown quantity in a, in a central defensive partnership of, of, mm. of Pierce and, and Deji Osha-Larger. But I mean, that, the, the most frustrating thing is, like I said, we'd, we'd seen out a bit of a shaky first 10 minutes where Huddersfield uh, won, won a few corners, although without creating too many clear-cut chances and we were defending okay. Uh, and then one of the players that we've called for, uh, you know, we, we've been saying deserves to start, George Lapsley, has been putting in two very good cameo performances in the last couple of games, comes on off the bench um, sorry, comes in to start this game and uh, very much gives a goal away. Now, I can understand people saying that Deji may have done better with it, but I think that the pass from Lapsley in the first place was just a, a bizarre one to, to, to make. And I'm sure if he was given the chance again, he wouldn't do it. He put Deji under all sorts of pressure. And, and the only thing Deji could have done to, present, to prevent that goal would be to turn around and boot it out for a corner. Yeah. Which everyone at the time would have gone, what are you doing? Because, I mean, Carlin was right on top of him. He desperately tried to, to get it out. And you gift a, a striker like Carlin Grant a chance like that, he's not going to miss. That's exactly what I said on commentary. And I think came in about 25 minutes, didn't it? So I think we just switched over kind of leading commentary. And, and I said something like, Charlton have just started to pick up and just started to get on the front foot or get a foothold in this game I think was the phrase I used and and we genuinely had we'd started to get our foot on the ball started to pass it around a bit play a bit of football Um, for me we were playing it around too much near the edge of our own area and in the end you're you're right that's what cost us I think I said it was George Lapsley who made the tackle in the commentary but I think it was McGeady who made the initial tackle and gives it to Lapsley and you're right Lapsley just goes back I think, don't know whether he panicked or, or what, but went back to Osha and as you say, Carl and Grant was on him in a heartbeat and he didn't really have anywhere to go. There was an outlet to Matthews that Grant was cutting off and I think that was where maybe he tried to play it. But yeah, <clears throat> again, I said it on commentary, if you put Carl and Grant on the edge of the, the penalty area, he's going to stick it away. And I think even Tell said it there, even if he's not in form, he's not going to miss those. And it was such a shame because we had started to improve in that game and Yes, they had looked to threat and, and the pace of Carlin and the pace of Willock and Simpson on the overlap a lot on that right side was causing us problems and Tofolo on the other side as well up against Aussie who was a bit out of position. So you could see Huddersfield had set up well against what we had and you know I think we credited them for the way that they had started the game but we just started to play ourselves into it. So then to gift them a goal like that and I said it at the end there, how many times have you seen us gift goals or throw away sloppy goals from set pieces? It's just happened far too much this season and to throw that away, it really changed the balance of the remainder of that game, uh, or certainly the rest of that first half, because again, we were on the back foot trying to get back into a game. And we spoke about it a few weeks ago about how many times we've managed to do that successfully. And we worked out it wasn't very many. And as soon as we go a goal down now, that's when I start to get worried. And yeah, it was just, I mean, Carl, and we know what he's about. Um, 
but to just gift it like that was just just so disappointing. Yeah, and like you say, the rest of that first half, I mean, we looked we looked shaky. Yeah, uh, Dylan had had a poor kick out, which the end came to nothing. But they had a, a, a number of other chances. I think Carlin uh, hit the post on a rebound after Phillips had made a good save from Smith Rowe. Uh, you wouldn't expect him to score from that. Carlin missed a header that he, that he, header, he perhaps yeah. should have scored as well. But I mean, do, do you think that? I mean whenever we suffer a setback now it, it displays some fragile confidence because I, I was just thinking oh, is, is it on the road because obviously our away form is atrocious I think I worked out six points out of the last possible 45 points wow. uh, on the road which is quite quite remarkable um, but then I was trying to think of goals we conceded at home recently now if you look at when Barnsley pulled one back here we were we were shaking they could easily have got another yep. one Luton took us a while after they equalised to, to turn it back on again in the second half so we're not reacting well and that does suggest a team with fragile confidence at the moment, which which isn't what you need. I mean, we've won three of the last six. We need to remember that. But at the same time, other teams below us are winning winning more than that. I mean, we're going on a remarkable run. So we need to buck up fast, really. Yeah, and so, someone posted it on Twitter yesterday, the points that all of the teams have got in February. And we're going to, I think, have 14. And we had nine. And when you look at it like that, you go, do you know what? Actually, that's not that bad. Because obviously, there was a lot of anger and disappointment on Twitter last night. And rightly so. Um but, you know, we are only five points less than Wigan for this month and Wigan have had an unbelievable month. So when you look at it like that, it, it's not so bad. But when all the teams around you are pretty much winning every single game, you need to be able to match that. And I completely agree with you. For me, it must be a confidence thing because we quality-wise, we know what we've got. And I think, again, Wednesday, I, I wonder whether we set up correctly. It was quite a defensive sort of negative way we set up. But I thought, actually, yesterday we set up okay. I thought... As I say, Aussie was a little bit exposed on the right of the diamond and they kind of that kind of played into their hands. And I think Tell said it right at the start of the second half that that first half, what the issue for us was that O'Brien kind of dictates everything from that defensive midfield role and McGeady wasn't putting him under anywhere near enough pressure. So he basically had the freedom and a pitch to set up time after time after time and he was going either wide to Tofolo or to Simpson. And they were just overloading both flanks because Lapsley hasn't played a lot of football and as I say, Ostuma was out of position and that was how they created chance after chance. But we rode that storm and we got ourselves back into the game. And I think if we had scored, it's all hindsight now, but if we had scored, we probably would have gone on and done okay. But as soon as you throw away a goal like that, you obviously get nervous because even someone like George is then second guessing every time he gets the ball, right, where do I want to pass it now? Because last time I cost us a goal. Osha Larger's probably got that at the back of his mind as well. And then you get people just lumping balls forward instead and We've seen that a lot of times recently when we've conceded goals. Our default is to then just lump it forward. And as good as Lyle Taylor is, even with someone alongside him, that's not how we play. We need to play through our midfield um, and we've got good quality in there. And we just didn't do it enough once we conceded that goal. Got through to half-time and then it was all about trying to change it up at half-time. And obviously we saw Williams get stripped off and prepared to come on straight after in the second half. And and we really needed a change uh, at half-time. And I, like you, I thought we had it for a little while and then... Again, second goal goes in, and I'm sure we'll talk about that in a second. And then confidence just drained again. And by that stage in the game, really, it was too late to do anything about it. And as you say, we tailed off dramatically towards the end. But it is, it's a confidence thing, and it's something that we need to fix quickly because it's relentless the rest of this games now. They're coming thick and fast. I know we've got a break during the week now, and we're not playing until Saturday, but they're going to keep coming. And if Borough win tomorrow night, then you know we're going to be looking nervously over our shoulder going into next week. Mm, yeah, I mean, so like half time, Johnny Williams comes on. Uh, I mean, there, there is a clear improvement. I'm not going to apologise for saying that. There was a clear improvement in the second half, uh, and we started to create chances. And we saw a header from from Andre Green. 
Um, we saw that one where Matthews got away down the right-hand side, cross went in, I think it was Green at the near post, was denied and then came back to Matthews, was denied. A corner that Matthews headed back across for Lyle Taylor, came close, Johnny Williams had a shot and then we saw the one where Osh Elijah broke away down the right-hand yeah. side. May, well, I see Macaulay Bond was screaming for it at the near post. Osh, I mean, Deji has pulled it into someone in space in Cullen who's just pretty much around where the penalty spot is and, and Josh hasn't been able to... To, to make the most of it from that position. Um, and that that's the only the only positive signs you can take from yesterday is that we did have this spell. And obviously the fact that we weren't taking those chances is something else that we need to mm. be concerned about. Um, but that's what that, that, that's why we have to try and just hope that they, they can take something out of this game and don't, necess- don't get bogged down in the fact that they then fell apart after. Just hope that they can make that be the, the kick up the backside that Lee Bayer is going to ask them to make sure that it is. Absolutely has to be. Yeah, 100%. And it sounds mad to anyone who wasn't watching the game, and even some people who were there might disagree with me. But in that 10, 15 minutes, we could have gone 2-1 up, maybe even 3-1 up. They were they were decent chances that we had there. That one that, that Oshelaja pulled back, if he'd have got that to Macaulay Bond, that was probably the best of the lot. But there were two or three really good chances. Um, as you say, we didn't take them and it's it's all well and good me saying, well, that could have happened. I, I completely appreciate we lost the game 4-0 and obviously the result is all that matters. But there were positives there. Johnny Williams coming back. If if he can stay fit till the end of the season, and that's a massive if because we know the injury problems that he's had, it, it honestly could be the difference between staying up and going down because that injection of pace and... Again, we said it on comms, Aussie kind of drifts through games and can pick up the ball and drive forward. But what Johnny Williams has that I can't think of any other player really in the team is over about half a yard, that moment where he just bursts away from a player and they have to bring him down because they can't do anything else. And he won so many free kicks in the early part of that second half. Um, And he's just such an asset to us. And yeah, he's going to be vital. And we shouldn't be that reliant on one player. But at the moment, something like that really does change the game. And we were starting to get ourselves back in and you think if just one of those goes in even, it's it's a completely different game and instead we go down the other end and Oshelaja slipped over and they had a nice bit of build-up down there left-hand side and it was a wicked ball in and all that first half we've been talking about them trying to get balls in behind our full-backs and it was a, a great ball in across the six-yard box and Mounier had just come on, he, he just couldn't miss. Mm. That, was the, that was the thing and even now I can't tell if it came off his hand. It looks like it probably didn't but Phillips certainly was convinced it was uh, and then all that build up and all that pressure and all that sort of growing into the game was gone we were 2-0 down there was what 15-20 minutes left by then and you think well unless we get something immediately that's pretty much game over and obviously the players thought like that as well because their heads dropped and, and that was it yeah but th- that was one of the biggest frustrations for me yesterday is that we, we don't seem to get given easy goals yeah. like we gave them the first one and obviously the second one involved I mean, involved Deji slipping over probably about 15 seconds before the cross came in that, that gave them possession but how many times do we see a cross come in and then one of our strikers is just unmarked you know at, at, at a height where he's able to chest it in of course you say that Phillips and, and, and Alfie Doughty were both appealing for the handball and I I still can't work out whether it's handball either, like like you said. But it, it just felt like it came out of nothing and we don't get goals like that at the other end, whereas we give away too many goals like that to other teams. Yeah, and after the game in the press room, we were talking about the goals we've conceded and there's a lot of ifs in this statement, so I appreciate this might be you know a bit silly, but you take away goals from you know 46 to 48 minutes 90 plus minute set pieces and sloppy mistakes as I say that is a lot but that's the majority of the goals we've conceded Bakuna's goal yesterday 
you know, obviously a, a 30 yard screamer. There haven't been many goals where I've thought, you know what, that's a top quality goal that there was nothing we could do about it. There are so many preventable ones. And so if it's that like happened, a treat almost at the end. <laughs> yeah. And if that happens six or seven times throughout the early part of the season, you say fair enough, but you then find a way to stop that. But we have conceded the same type of goals over and over and over again this season. And this is a team that for the very early part of this season, for a lot of last season, were built on a very sturdy defence. Um, it, it's just capitulated, re- particularly recently. And, you know, George Lapsley, as we said, we've been calling for him to start. He comes in and, and plays a stupid pass like that. Deji slipping, obviously just a an accident. Pierce slipping the other day. Um, it's just so disappointing. Um, and when you've got someone like Phillips, who's one of the better keepers in this division, you've got... You know, players like Adam Matthews. Adam Matthews was one of our better players yesterday, which sounds ridiculous when we conceded four goals. But he actually had an all right game. Um, Darity, I wonder if, you know, the amount of games we're asking him to play has maybe got to him a little bit. Oshelaja's just lacking match practice, I think, because he looked a little bit nervous all game. Jason Pierce, we've spoken about, I actually think yesterday wasn't one of his worst games. But we're just conceding very, very sloppy goals. And credit to the other teams because they're exploiting that and they're taking their chances and we're not. But if we're only going to score one or two up the other end, then we need to be able to keep clean sheets or at the very least just concede the one goal. And at the moment, we're conceding too many. Mm, obviously, it was Carlin who grabbed the the third one for, for town just as the, the clock was ticking over uh, 90 minutes. Again, probably afforded too much space inside yeah. the penalty area before cutting in and firing home. And as you, as you said... Uh, that uh, Bakuna screamer uh, from range 90 plus four. I have to admit the first time I actually saw that goal was when I got home last night because <laughs> I was I was typing about how we'd lost 3-0 in, in my match report and then I had to change it um, which was yeah it was it was a great goal but you know yeah. and it, it it doesn't unfortunately take away anything from the fact that we've, we've conceded three goals in the last 15 minutes heads have very much dropped uh, I, I tried thinking back of other games where, where that sort of things happen a 4-1 loss away at Peterborough yeah. Uh, to Carl Robinson, I think coming towards the end of his tenure, if I remember rightly, um, certainly alarm bells when you can see in a couple of goals late on when the heads are dropped, and it it, it really does make you wonder, you know, how they're going to pick themselves up. And, and Bo's got one hell of a job to do that now because it's all well and good. I mean, we'll come in on a Sunday night and we'll moan about it, and and the emails will come in and we'll all get it off our chest. But the fact is, there are ten games left to go. It's not the end of the season. We are still perhaps by some sort of miracle at this stage, still outside of the relegation zone. It's still all to fight for. And and we need a reaction now. I mean, this this game, after, after tonight's show, will be swept under the carpet and we have to not think about it again. Yeah, and the, the nice thing for us is we can come in here, get it off our chest and just go to work tomorrow. Bowie is going to turn up to work tomorrow and have 20 odd players there that he needs to get in shape, ready for next Saturday. And it's a very difficult task because, as I say, you could tell that their heads had dropped at the end of yesterday's game. They were clearly dejected and we'll hear what Boyer has to say in a second about it. He thinks maybe it'll work to our advantage, but we haven't seen a Charlton team like that. Um, you go back to the the Wembley game and, you, you know, Greg's commentary he says, this is a Charlton team you just cannot write off. They just don't give up and they don't. You know, as you said there, how many times have we lost by more than one goal this season? Very few. And even in the ones we have, we've had spells where we could have gone on to get something from the game. So to to fall apart like that at the end of yesterday's game is worrying. Obviously, we were trying to push forward and try and get back into the game. So there was obviously going to be space at the other end. I get that. But to just sit off the way we did for those two goals. And the third goal was a lovely bit of passing play by Huddersfield. But we gave him too much space. And Bakuna had the freedom of Huddersfield to just wander through our half um, right at the end. So it's a concern. But as I say, we've not really had a Boya side that have had to 
we we haven't had to see how they react from something like this before. Um, so it's going to be very interesting or nerve-wracking or terrifying, depending how you see it, on Saturday to see how they do bounce back. And my f- gut feeling is that a Boja team is going to react. Uh, it's very rare that we see them kind of capitulate or have two or three bad games in a row. But, you know, Borough are going to be fighting for their lives as well. It's going to be another scrappy one. And we're basically in a dogfight now to the end of the season. And maybe we have to just try and forget all that and just try and find a way to take the pressure off ourselves because that's when we play our best football. Mm. Right, let's have a listen to what Lee Bayer said uh, then, shall we? We caught up with the Addicts boss after uh, yesterday's game. And don't forget, you can have your say on this evening's show as well. You can email us, studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at charltonlive or you can head over to the Charlton Live forum uh, to have your say on this evening's show. Let us know what you made of yesterday's performance, if you can keep it clean, please. Uh, let us know uh, how you're feeling about the relegation battle. Like I say, currently two points above the relegation zone. Uh, that could all change tomorrow evening when Middlesbrough play Nottingham Forest up at the Riverside Stadium. If they win that game, then we will be level on points with uh, Stoke City, who will drop into the relegation zone at that point. Of course, we know that Wigan are on a remarkable run of form and they've now they've won the last three. Uh, they've climbed out of the of, of the drop zone now. Uh, we've got the likes of Hull, who we're playing in a couple of weeks. Middlesbrough, of course, who we're playing next week are on shakier runs. Barnsley are picking up points. Luton are picking up uh, the odd point here and there. There's teams in, in form. You know, we've won three of the last six, but we're so we look so soft at the moment on the road in particular uh, that fans are certainly going to be worried so if you want to get in contact with the show make sure you do so um, let's have a listen to what Lee Bayer had to say after yesterday's defeat then I caught up with the addicts boss uh, to find out what he made of his side's performance uh, over a very disappointing afternoon um, not good enough not good enough first half was was bad poor um I take full responsibility for it, you know. I, I picked the team, I picked players that I thought would do better playing playing the diamond, and it, and it didn't work. Too too soft, too passive. And second half, I thought we once we changed it, then then we was better. Created and got into really good areas, but that, just that quality at the end weren't there. We should have at least scored to to level up before they got the second. Disappointed second one handball, and then that just knocks the stuffing out of us, really. I think, and um, yeah, just just not not good enough. The manner of the the first goal in particular today must have been disappointing because your side had just started to grow back into that game, but then all of a sudden you gift a, a relegation rival the opening goal. Yeah, schoolboys in it, schoolboy era. That <laughs> like, yeah, this. I think the the less I say about that, the better. And obviously the, the two goals in, in added time added gloss to the, the scoreline for Huddersfield. But do you worry about what that could do for the mentality of your team getting a, a, a big result against them like that? Well, no, that, that, that should work the opposite. Like, they should be disappointed. They are disappointed. And, um, yeah, that, that, that won't happen again. So uh, maybe that's what they needed, something like that to... To, to give them a kick up the backside because we, we can't perform like that and defend like that between now and the end of the season because if, if, if we do then we won't be in this league next year Is that what you said to them after you hope yeah. this will happen as a wake up call for them? Yeah, this is this is what they hopefully this is what does it um, because that's that's not acceptable to, to lose by four okay to in injury time but 
yeah, it's not that's not what we're about. So uh, you have to keep working hard and stick together and, and, and keep fighting for every point. Probably be forgotten now, but there was an improvement after after half time, and there were those chances. You talk about it, it could have been a different game if one of those went in. Yeah, because if we scored, then we probably go on and win the game. Like that's how, how crazy football is, but we we didn't. So that's the disappointing thing for me is that when we creating all that many chances I said to him like four, five, six great chances balls going across their six yard box and no one trying to put it in like it's just so frustrating and disappointing You said at the, at the end of last week that this obviously was, was a big week coming up and it's been two disappointing results in the end how, how do you make sure that the, the players their morale stays up as they go into another big game again against Middlesbrough next weekend? The positive thing we can take is that our, our next one's at home um, two tough away fixtures you know you, Sheffield Wednesday are a good side obviously and uh, and, and Huddersfield was in the Premier League last year so like we two tough games back to back and uh, again they had a extra 24 hours rest than us they played Tuesday we played Wednesday so there was um, a, a few things but now we've got a full week and uh, yeah and it makes the, the Middlesbrough game even, even bigger now of course, he's still going to be without Tom Lockyer due to his suspension. But Naby Sarr, I mean, I think he was left at home. Has he got any chance for next week? Uh, I don't know. We're going to have to keep assessing him and, and see how his calf is. So, um, yeah, we'll have to wait on that one. Lee, uh, you said about big game Huddersfield, and they probably all are now between now and the end of the season. So you've got to pick the guys up uh, from today's, um, you know, it's, it's a crushing blow. Uh, the scoreline probably doesn't reflect it necessarily, but it still looks a crushing blow. So yeah. you've got to pick them up for next week. Yeah, it looks disappointing, obviously, and even if you lose by one, it's still disappointing because it's, no one wants to lose games, especially me. So, um, yeah, but the most important thing is now is that we just pick them up and, and, and get them going again. So, because uh, to lose in, in, in that manner, they're, they're, they're going to be hurting in it. So, uh, they, they want to be hurting anyway. So, um, it's hurting me and. But I take some responsibility for that. I said to the players after the game, like I picked people that I thought would do better, and they didn't. Then players let me down. So I've learned. I've learned that that we're we're, we're in this fight, and, and I'm going to need men to, to stand there and, and fight for us. On the plus side, if you can try and get some pluses out of it. There's Johnny Williams back and on the pitch and uh, hopefully therefore you got in for the, for the run into the season which you're going to need if we can get Naby Sarr back and we had a thousand or so Charlton fans make the trip uh, up here and you're going to need them back at the Valley and the Valley rocking for next week yeah yeah we're going to need them I apologise to them uh, for, for that result um, like I said I'm the manager and I take full responsibility for that so um, yeah disappointing but we need them next week we need them and our home games are going to be important and they're going to play a big part just like Huddersfield's fans today they, 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 they was good you know so we need us to carry on being as good as what they've been Cheers. another player that's not available at the moment is Darren Pratt can you tell us what's going on with him uh, well he's got that back um, but again he's, he's one that we've got to assess I've not been there since Tuesday I think so I don't know how he's getting on um, but hopefully he'll be around for next weekend because we definitely miss him. 
Um, <clears throat> I know you said previously that the team was not really in danger of getting relegated, but now two points away from it. Does it change your mentality now? Do you now do anything different? It's just about picking up points and trying to keep away from it. Yeah, we're just doing the same as everybody else, trying to win games. Nothing changes because we we all want to win and we try our hardest to win. So it will come a point where people will get more nervy than others and that's just natural so like I said I've, I've learned a lot today from, from my squad and uh, I'm glad I've learned from knowing before we're, going, we're coming into this, this, this running because like I said before we all need to stick together and never want fight. When you say you've learned a lot from this defeat and the players that you've picked in terms of an experience, is that probably one of the toughest that you've had so far as a manager, or you had worse than this? Well, no, obviously, this is the biggest defeat I've had. Um, most disappointing. And I always pick a team to go and win. Uh, I think we was very attacking. The, the first half, if you look at the players that played, very attack-minded, and, and we wanted to take the game to them. It didn't work. So then I had to change and then I thought the changes, they, they worked. We was better than them for, for a large period, but we just couldn't get that goal. And we all have to learn from that and, and I definitely have. Some of the players that have played uh, today and going forward, um, their contracts run out in the summer. Um, you know, we're coming to the business end of the season. Does, do those performances and going forward mean that they're basically fighting for to stay of course they are that's, that's just not natural um, if you don't do well then you don't get a new contract that's, that's life that's not just me and our football club that's every football club so yeah we'll have to I want them all to do well obviously for us if, if they do well then that means we do well the last one is see the away form hasn't been particularly good but a lot you know your, your last few games include Birmingham City, Cardiff, Brentford and Leeds. It must be important now to try and get a run going away from home to, to kind of level it out between home form and the away form and continue this bid for the same championship. Yeah, yeah. It's trying to win every game, so it's not just home or away, but yeah, we have to we have to be better away from home. But at the, at the moment, um, like I said before, we can do is just keep keep trying and uh, the most important thing now is that we stick together and uh, get ready for the next game here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. 
real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierce is there. Bowers with a header. And it's Joe. Yes! 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 Oh, he's got Oh, Patrick Barr. The absolute German beauty. Woo! Dream lads. Charlotte have scored with seconds remaining. We've done it all. Guess it. Come on. What a time to be here. Here at Wembley. Oh, my word. Oh, my word. Charlton Live. Uh, so welcome back to Charlton Live, coming to you live from the Valley. Uh, on your Sunday evening, that was the Addicts boss, Lee Boyer, after yesterday's very humbling 4-0 defeat up at Huddersfield Town, uh, apologising for the display. And uh, yeah, weren't happy, was he? <laughs> um, he? He has a big job on his hands now this week, doesn't he? Yeah, and it's a job he hasn't had to really deal with before, because I know we've been in bad form recently, or... Certainly that we've slipped down the table pretty much since, what, November time. It's always been kind of downhill, but this is certainly the first time I'm looking at it as we're in the thick of a relegation battle now. He might have looked at it a little bit earlier and thought the same, but he's never had to look at a team that have lost lost 4-0 and find a way of getting them back. So, yeah, it's a huge task. And, you know, there will have been fans who were kind of joking around, expecting him to come out and say, as usual, the players gave me everything. But he was very honest yesterday with with the press and held his hands up you know said I've got to take some responsibility and said it wasn't good enough and said all the things that as a fan you want to hear because that's a manager that was hurting you could see that yesterday and obviously no manager likes a defeat but Lee Bowyer isn't going to let let that rest until probably until we're mathematically safe um, because yeah that would have really hurt him yesterday and he'll be scratching his head today and thinking right what can we do over the next week to make sure that that doesn't happen again and more importantly that we go into a huge game against Middlesbrough next weekend and get all three points because despite everything our home form over the season largely has been very good it'll probably be the home form if, if nothing else that keeps us up and hopefully we'll be back by a big crowd again and the atmosphere will be good and if we can get three points there, I'm not going to say this will all be forgotten, but that would be a huge step to turning that this week around and hopefully trying to get ourselves back on track. Mm, yeah, he spoke about the players he picked uh, not really fitting the, the diamond formation that, that he decided mm. to play. I mean, that is that a formation that you, you like? I mean, because we've used it on and off, you know, for the majority of the season. It's not exactly something that's failed us before, but see, at the moment it, it didn't really work uh, yesterday so I mean, I mean do you think that a change of formation will come because we'll have probably similar personnel issues that the injury crisis isn't anywhere near as bad as it was but there are still a few key men missing and of course Tom Lockyer out as well suspended still mm. I think you've got to play the, the diamond at the moment because of the injuries at the back I, I love the diamond I think it works well but you need the right personnel in the right places and as I say, Aussie on the the right really was exposed. I know that him and Lapsley switched halfway through that first half and things did improve slightly, but he needs to be at the tip of that. And unfortunately for us, we've got him and McGeady and Williams for the first time in a while, all fit, all probably could play at the tip. But I don't know, maybe for me, you're probably looking at Davis at the base with Cullen and Lapsley playing either side. And I know that's possibly not Cullen's natural position either, but I think he can do a job in that. Um, and then Johnny Williams at the tip. So that would be the way I'd like to play it. And he is right that, that 
the formation and the players that were in that formation didn't work yesterday. And I was just speaking to you in the car over here talking about we were in the press room and Danny Cowley did his press conference and one of the journalists asked him about it and he said, look, we didn't, I think they'd been to Sheffield Wednesday in the week and he said we weren't sure if they were going to set up with a 5-3-2 or with the diamond, but either way we knew that they were going to try and play through that midfield. That's the way that Charlton play. So we purposefully overloaded our flanks and got the ball to O'Brien and then he spread it out wide to the two fullbacks. And because of the formation we had and because of the personnel that were there in Aussie and Latsy, they were just far too exposed on either side. So Huddersfield had set up well against us. We can't deny that. But we did find a way to kind of fix that and we did start to go into the game. And that was what was so then disappointing when we conceded that second goal and kind of threw it all away, if you like. But no, I think hands are going to be tied and I think we're going to have to play the diamond at home and and I don't think that's a bad thing so long as you get the right people in the right positions so I think I'd expect a little bit of a shuffle and a a few people in and out but I think probably that's the way we're going to line up Mm. All right, let's have a look at some of the tweets then that have come in uh, overnight Albert says uh, Lou I know we lost 4-0 but we did have a few chances but what was George passing uh, the ball back in that area doing for the first goal you've got to clear your lines if we win our home games we will or we should at least be okay uh, should we have got a centre half in the window? Come on, you reds. Is that that's a question that's come up a few times now, and we are leaky at the back at the moment. That that can't be denied. Yep, and I think it's the longer that this season goes on, and the more goals we concede, the more the question's going to appear. I think in January I was happy with what we had. I think Saar, Pearson, Lockyer, and Oshelaja, not that bad. Um, you know, they're not the best defensive formation in in the whole league, but they're they're good players, and we've seen that. So. I wasn't largely fussed. I think Locke has been one of our better players in the opening part of the season, but I do think he's started to tail off. Uh, Saar, we know what he's capable of, so it's very easy now that we're conceding goals to say that. I think the problem yesterday, again, going back to what we said on comms, is we were trying to play our football, but we were playing it so deep, and obviously the back four couldn't get too high up the pitch because they had the likes of Carlin who could get in behind, so we defended deep. But that wasn't the place to pass it around. In the second half, we tended to pass it around through the midfield and and that's why we improved. So if if Saar was even back fit against Borough, that ball-playing centre-back does make a big difference because I think Oshelaja and Pierce really struggled to do that and that was what caused some of the sloppiness because before Lapsley's mistake, we'd given the ball away two or three times on the edge of our area. So if Saar can come back, and I know Naif said on Thursday he doesn't like two left-sided centre-halves, but I think if Saar and Pierce could play, I don't think that would be the worst thing in the world. Mm, right, uh, Craig Redman said, can we turn it around? We do appear to be a bit buggered <laughs> at the moment. Hopefully we will. Anthony said that they were hoping for four points out of the last two games and we got none. Yeah, it has been a, a hugely disappointing week. Ev uh, says, 10 to go. All is not lost yet. 10 cup finals. It's all in our own hands. We're well, given our cup record over the years. Yeah. It's probably not a good thing. Right, Bob Liscombe. Uh, with a question, really poor result yesterday. However, if we got relegated, I don't think it would be a bad thing. With the ambitious new owners, we could wipe the slate clean and build again. What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, there's you you get relegated to League One, you lose what five six million pounds, I think it is of of, of TV money, which is is a lot for a club of our mm. uh, size. Um, you know, you don't know. And obviously, League One football is atrocious as well. <laughs> if anyone may remember, uh, you'll lose a, a lot of supporters there. Uh, you'll be unable to attract certain players to, and you'll be unable to keep certain players. You'd want to play in the Championship. You'd have to adjust your wage structure uh, to fit in with the league you're playing with and the amount of income you have 
uh, coming in. And of course, there's still we're still the jury's still out very much on the ownership. Yeah, they, they they'll have to prove themselves um, in in the summer, and I'm hoping they'll be proving themselves in the championship rather than League One because. No matter how much money they do or do not have, if you take away five, six million pounds of TV money, they'll certainly have less. I get the idea in terms of the rebuilding. I understand that. But to say that relegation wouldn't be a bad thing, I don't get that because for me, relegation would be awful. Um, And I saw some people yesterday saying all that hard work and the the memories of the playoff final would be wiped away for me. That's not true. You know, no one's ever going to take that day away from us at Wembley. But to come up and then go straight back down, it it would be a real shame and it would be devastating because we've shown plenty of times this season we've got a squad good enough to stay up um, in terms of the the performances we can put in on a good day. Um, And like you, I think, well, there's no reason we can't rebuild if we survive and stay in the championship. ESI are going to need to put their hand in their pocket and their money where their mouth is irrespective because, as you say, we, we still don't really know what they're about. They've said a lot of good things, but... In the summer, they're going to need to prove themselves and get some some good signings in and show what they're actually about in terms of their intent. And I'd much rather they did that in the championship because we can attract better players. We can probably spend a little bit more money um, and really make a push for the Premier League. If we're down in League One and we're just looking to get back in the championship, as you say, you're going to struggle to attract the sort of talent you need. You'd imagine the likes of Lyle would go. Johnny would probably go. Whether we even keep him, either of those two anyway, remains to be seen, but... You've just got so much more opportunity to not only keep our better players, but attract players if we stay up. So for me, relegation isn't an option. Um, As I say, the rebuilding in the summer is something I do think we need to do anyway, because I think we're kind of halfway between a League One and a Championship squad at the moment. But for me, let's do it in the Championship Mm. if we can. Yeah, that's what Timsey was saying as well. I'd much rather uh, rebuild this summer in the Championship. Someone else pointed out it's not that easy to get out of League One. Both no. times we've gone down in the last decade, it's taken us three years. Uh, look at Ipswich, you know, look at Sunderland. Uh, they Pompey. got beat again today. Portsmouth have gone even further down. There's plenty of teams of our size who've gone to League One uh, and it is not easy to, to get uh, out of there, unfortunately. Right, uh, Daniel Trafin says, I was up all hours uh, watching the team that I love uh, out in Australia. Uh, Dylan, uh, sorry, Darren Prattley will be, has been sorely missed so far and Borough at home is a must win. Yeah, I mean, we don't know what's going on with Pratt. So we, we heard by you asked about it, but it's still one that's going to be monitored. You're hoping sooner rather than later you can get back into that side. I had a bit of experience. It may have been a bit of experience where like, we needed yesterday, even when we went 2-0 down, just to make sure we didn't lose our heads and, and, and go on to concede the other two. I mean, our, our goal difference that we've been all bragging about how that's an extra point. I mean, that's been wiped out now. That 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 advantage is gone. I think you look at, if you'd have asked most of the fans around December, January time who their player of the year was going to be, I think Prattley would have been up there. I think Conor Gallagher would have been up there. I think Lockyer would have been up there. And I know some fans won't agree, but I think Dylan Phillips would have been up there. Obviously, Conor left. Prattley's injured. Lockyer's form has dropped off. Dill's, for me, still been outstanding in some of the performances he's made. But the spine of that team really has either faltered or, or gone. Um, and, and that's been the big problem. It's, it's no secret that the cover in front of that defence has been crucial all season. And when you've got Prattley and Cullen in there, and when you've got Williams fit in sort of attacking role there, that midfield is deadly, and particularly when Connor was still around as well. Mm. But when Prattley's injured, Cullen can't do it all on his own, and Johnny's still trying to play his way back into fitness. It, you know, it speaks for itself. And uh, yeah, I think Prattley... I never thought I'd say this because what is he 34 now but it, he's been such a big miss because first half of the season he was absolutely outstanding I don't can't think of him putting a single foot wrong in any performance so 
yeah, I don't know whether he'll be ready for Borough or, or how bad the injury is, but if we can get him even just for five or six games towards the end of the season, he could be, again, could be the difference. Yeah, good evening to Bert Palmer over on the Chat on Life Forum. I know you've had trouble uh, signing. I'm glad you're with us now. I know um, some people who've been trying to listen via Chrome, uh, the browser Chrome, have had issues listening live to the show. Um, we've we've worked out it's Chrome, it seems to be, so we're going to try and find out why that is. But um, if, if you listen, say, for example, to the podcast now and you try to listen live but weren't able to, um, next week we suggest try just try a different browser for now because we're not entirely sure why that's happening with with Google Chrome. But anyway, good to see Bert is here now. Sorry we had to start without you. Steve uh, says we need to ditch the diamond. Other teams have worked us out, but in Boya, uh we trust or I trust. Um, yeah, London is uh, London Inigiza says if we do go down, it'd be interesting to see if the majority have come back under after the Roland era will stay. Or would they go on to another hiatus? Yeah, that'll be a, another mm. one we're, uh, we're not sure about as well. Right, Sarah says, not the best result. If we go down, we go down, but we will come back stronger. Hopefully this won't happen, uh, but we have got to prepare our mindset for this and stick by the club that we love through, thin, uh, through uh, thick and thin. And yeah, I mean, like, like, like we sort of said earlier, there's, there's no given you come back stronger, and that, that is the concerning thing. Um, you just hope, you hope that you do. Uh, that you uh, you're never sure if that's going to happen. I mean, James Moynard is saying that uh, we need to stay up and rebuild. Uh, there are certainly no guarantees that you uh, you come straight back up, and and that's the problem. There's there's no guarantees in football, and if you get relegated, like I say, there could be a, there could be an absolute clear out of the team. Um, people are less likely to want to come to you. Uh, the new ownership will have to build from a, a lower a level below, which could cost a lot of money either way. It could be it could be very problematic for you. Yeah, and I don't think ESI have come in expecting the team to be in League One next year. Um, I know that was always been a possibility, but I think they were looking at an investment in Championship football. And if we go down to League One, perhaps their interest, even at this early stage, might waver. Will Bowyer stay? I know we're we're on a bad run at the moment, but you could argue over the whole of the season he's proved he's capable of guiding a team through the Championship. As I say, likes a Taylor, Johnny Williams, Josh Cullen's obviously going to go back. I, I doubt we're going to get him back if we're back in League One again. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to say we're going to be completely asset stripped, but it's going to be a very, very hard rebuilding job if you're down in League One. And as you've said there, it's not an easy league to get out of by any means and by its very nature because teams struggle to get out of it. Every time you go back down there, there seems to be five or six very decent teams down there with you. So... Yeah, for me, as I said earlier, it's it's just not an option that I want to even think about. For for me, if we stay in the championship, it'll be such a big achievement this year. And saw a few people saying it yesterday after I put what I said out on Twitter in the evening that a lot of people were saying, look, we, we were expected to be bottom of this league by now. And the truth is we're not. And yes, we have to credit a lot of that to the first few games of the season. But those games still happen. They still count. And we're fighting for our lives. We're still above the drop. I don't think we've been in the in the relegation zone all season. So it's still very much in our hands. And and as long as it is, you have to keep the faith and you have to keep believing and just not give up because the fans make a huge difference here. And as I say, if we can stay up, it'd be such a huge achievement. And then everyone can prove themselves. Lyle can prove whether he, he wants to stay. Johnny can do the same. Boyer is obviously here. He can show what he can do with a little bit more money. Gallon can obviously recruit to a decent level and we can give... Give it a much better go next year. 
Mm, right, Richard uh, Burton says yesterday's Powder Puff performance showed how much the spine of our team has relied on Lockyer and Prattley this season. He may have his detractors, but Nabi Sar is also a big loss at the moment. It's been a terrible week for us, but you'd expect Forrest to do the business tomorrow at Borough. Uh, if we can then beat Borough at home, it will be back to a five-point yep. gap. Uh, other outcomes would be very stressful, of course. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to count any chickens in terms of uh, Forrest going up to Riverside tomorrow and getting a win. But on, on paper where the championship very much isn't played. You'd hope that would be the case, but let's see. Right, Fred uh, says, didn't Bo, you feel we had to come out and apologise a few weeks ago for the shambles at Stoke as well? It's becoming a recurring theme. Uh, well, let's hope it doesn't recur, have to recur uh, too often. Emray says, I can't see staying up uh, with the teams around us on such a good run uh, and are too big to go down, in my opinion, uh, League uh, League League One. Well, I hope, hopefully it won't be the case. John says, however distraught I was, uh, I'm over it. Our remaining home games are the most winnable of anyone's around us. Yep. I'm still predicting 52 points. Uh, let's keep our heads up. Rocco says, uh, yes, indeed, extremely concerning. Uh, the players didn't show up again. This simply isn't good enough, uh, this team. However, we need to work with what we've got as relegation is not an option. For the club to move forward, Bowie needs investment uh, to be able to build a better team that he deserves. Uh, S. McLennan says, uh, I can't see us staying up now. The momentum is gone and others are flying. The last two games represented a great chance for us and we got zero points. Uh, we are paying the price for a poor January, which is on Boya and ESI. Saturday is literally make or break now. Let's hope that Prattley and Johnny Williams can start. We need our leaders to stand up now and beat Borough. But even then, I think it's down to three teams that are, if, if three teams are worse than us. The signings made in January actually weakened us and who couldn't see uh, that we needed a centre-back and a left-back. Really, ESI have let us down, even though we all try to put a positive spin on it. So obviously, yeah, some some, some conversation there about the, the January we had. I've seen a few people obviously tweeting about the ownership, tweeting about the manager uh, after the January we had. I mean, do, clearly clearly could have been better. Uh, do, do you have a view on why it wasn't, where it could have gone a bit better? It's difficult, and... Obviously, again, it's very easy to say that in hindsight. If Green stays fit because he was on a good goal-scoring run, hits another five or six goals, and we win a couple of those games, people wouldn't be saying it. So, you know, it's. I think again, go back to Danny Cowley's press conference. He said, "Become to the." There was a little girl in the press conference who, I guess, had won a competition or was a mascot or something, got to ask a question, and he said, "Stay in school and become a journalist because it's the easiest job in the world because you come in here and you've got hindsight on your side and you can write whatever you like." and as fans, it's the same. It's very easy to sit here now and say we should assign more players. But at the time, you look at it and we brought Green in and we did bring some midfield cover in. OK, it doesn't at the moment look like it's worked. But I think ESI were put in a very difficult position because the takeover took a bit longer than they thought and hoped. As I think Matt Southall said in one of his early interviews, we hoped it was all going to be done you know, and we could have a full run-up to the January. But January is a difficult window anyway. I don't know how many players were signed by championship clubs at all during that window, but there certainly weren't very many. I do agree that we're probably weaker than we were going into that window, but you know Chelsea made the decision to call Connor back. It wasn't like we chose to get rid of him. Um, we managed to keep hold of Lyle. That was massive. We managed to get Boya tied down to a contract. That was huge. So I think we did make some small steps in that month. Um, and obviously, like anybody else, I would have loved us to sign Gallagher on a permanent or sign Cullen on a permanent or bring in two or three more experienced players. But the truth of it is we're still the club we are just because ESI came in with the supposed millions and remains to be seen how much money they've actually got. You know, we weren't suddenly going to splash five million on a player because if that hadn't worked out, people would be even more upset now. So 
look, January wasn't brilliant. I, I completely get that. But we gave what we could. We got in who we could. And this is the squad now. That's the way we have to look at it. You can't change January. If we go down, I want to. I want the team to go down fighting and at least giving everything. And I do think on the whole, we've got a group that are prepared to do that. And towards the end of yesterday was, as I say, the first little wobble. But we've got a group of players in there. We know what the unit's like and, and we know what Boya can do in terms of cultivating that squad. So I think we have to forget about January because it's happened and we have to look at what we can do between now and the end of the season. And I think we've got a, gr- a good enough group to, to survive. Yeah, well, the deal addict said, I'm gutted, of course, uh, but confident we'll bounce back. I wouldn't want to be in a tight spot with any of these uh, whining winces. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Alex says, uh, uh, same way I felt for a while uh, in terms of staying up. We're in a lot of trouble. Players lack confidence tactically. We've mm. been bettered by most sides uh, this year. Uh, we don't kick on from wins. We have a lot of first teamers back, but we've forgotten how to win. I fear that League One bet- uh, beckons as well. Right, Glenn uh, points out that our away kit has not been very lucky for us. I was thinking that. Yeah, I think you make your own luck, to be fair. <laughs> it's not just a kit. Uh, Rilo says we need to go four four two and try McGeady and Williams as actual wingers. Cullen uh, plus one in the middle. I mean, uh, McGeady is a winger. Did, uh, he hasn't. What have you made of him so far? Is he hasn't had too many games yet? He was quite ineffective yesterday. <clears throat> yeah, very fair. ineffective yesterday. I think actually it was it was quite a poor game from him, and it's difficult really because you don't want to judge people too quickly, but. We're at a stage of the season now, I said at the end of comms, we're at a stage of the season where results are all that matters and you know we need people to be able to hit the ground running. It's the same thing we said about Hemed. There might be a good, well, we know there's a good player in there and if we played him week in, week out for five or six games, he might then go on a five, six game goal scoring run but we haven't got the five or six games grace to let him bed in and it's the same with Magidi. We need every player to come in and hit the ground running and going back to Williams yesterday, you put him on in the second half, look how quick he is to not necessarily change the game, but look how much he has an impact on that game in the second half. And someone like McGeady, we know what he's about and he so far hasn't done it. Um, I wonder if his age and the fitness in his legs means playing out on the wing. I don't know if that's enough. Um, one of the things Nath posed on Thursday was the idea of going 4-3-3 and having maybe like McGeady and Green either side of a tailor. If he's got it in him, I'd love us to try it because it's attacking. But I thought yesterday's lineup when it came out was a decent attacking one. Boya said it himself. You know, we didn't sit back and at any point and try and just play for a draw. We re- we really did try and go for it, and okay, it didn't work. But we have got attacking options in there, and if the diamond has been found out, I don't think necessarily it has been, but I think teams are finding a way to play against it during the game perhaps I think maybe we do try something new Mm, right Scott Jones says uh, it was an awful day yesterday Uh, the Albie Morgan Instagram liking scenario really rattled me though Uh, it shows a lack of squad harmony at the moment and that's what we need to get out I feel he has a right to be angry that the lone players are being picked ahead of him uh, when they aren't better than him but there is a way to go about it and that will do nothing to help him or the club does anybody think that Boya may have lost some of the dressing room McGeady uh, Davis and Smith have not improved us uh, that a fact so I mean the situation with uh, Albie for those of you who didn't see it um, Carlin Grant obviously uh, against his former club we came through the academy here scored twice yesterday uh, put up a picture on his Instagram of himself uh, so you know shushing the Charlton fans actually and just ticking off that he'd, he'd got his first brace of the season or something like that and four goals and he was pleased with the result and now uh, it would appear that uh, an account in Albie's name has liked it, so presumably Albie Morgan's account. Um, you know, most people, you know, most people who are young just seem to like everything on Twitter anyway. Yeah. So, pro- probably not the wisest move from Albie to like a a, a picture of a a player celebrating against us. Probably one he hasn't really thought about when he's done it. 
Um, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lose lose my my uh, my stuff over it because it's, it's I'm not. It's, it's, you shouldn't have done it, probably, but it's not the end of the world, is it? I mean, we've got bigger things to worry about right now. I'd like to think it's just naive. If he's you know, actively thought, well, I'm going to do this and I know people are going to see it and I know that's going to wind people up and I'm pissed off because I'm not playing, I, I would think that's you know that's not quite right. But if he's just done it and then seen the backlash after, then it's just a bit silly, really. I think I, I completely agree with whoever that was who mentioned it. I think he's got a point that... He'll be disappointed that he's not in the side. And I said to you, I, was, I had forgotten that he hadn't even managed to go out on loan yet as well. Um, I've spoken about how much I think there's a player in there. But I, I understand that the defensive capabilities maybe aren't quite there for him as a player. But yeah, a little bit silly from him, a little bit naive. But, you know, as you said, we've, we've got bigger problems than players liking stuff on Instagram. Him and Carlin probably go back a long way. He probably is pleased for him as a human being, even if he's disappointed that Charlton lost, you know, because if it's his mate... You know, and he scored two goals, but you know, just send him a text or something. Don't do it on a social media platform where fans are going to see it. Because when you've been hammered four nil, fans are looking for anything to jump on, and, and they're going to jump on something like that. Yeah. What did you make of Carlin's uh, interaction with the Charlton fans? So I, I had a couple of people suggesting there was uh, songs being sung about mm. him. Uh, obviously, a former player. Obviously, he went through a, a situation last year as well that people were, were bringing up. Um, uh, I think well within his rights to shush the Charlton fans and. Uh, it, made, it, it did make me laugh when people go off the handle about that. And you know, I I've been in crowds of given out abuse to players for all sorts of reasons. And if they score and they put their finger to the mouth and shush me, you know, I'm not so much I'm not so much of a snowflake that I can't hack that. I mean, that that's football. That's what happens. You can't. I was surprised to see the amount of people upset about that. You know, just let it water under the bridge. Next time Lyle Taylor scores in front of a an away end and, and takes a mick, we'll all be loving it again. That's football. Get used to it. Yeah. He's got a right to reply. I know at the game at the Valley, there was a lot of abuse directed his way, which I found very uncomfortable. Um, And he had a bad game. I don't know whether that played a part in it, but he didn't play very well. I didn't actually hear the chanting yesterday, so I don't know if it happened or not. But clearly, either it did or Carlin was still thinking about the chanting that happened at the Valley. Look, what happened out in in our beef over the summer, a bit sketchy on the details, really. But either way, I know that fans were, certainly the chant at the Valley was kind of to do with that. But... I think, look, if people are kind of chanting at a player, he's got a right to reply. You say, what was it that Lyle did it against the other week? Luton and Barnsley. Yeah, Barnsley was the one I was thinking of. Um, Obviously getting hell of abuse from their fans. And and then he shuts him up and we thought it was hilarious. We thought it was absolutely brilliant. Can't have it both ways. No, that's his right to reply. Um, We know what he's about. He had a classic Carlin game yesterday in terms of quick, fast, hold-up play. He was, he's just, I think we're gutted that he's not here anymore. But for me... You know, he, he deserved the right to apply. It would have been nice if he, you know, had the composure to go, do you know what, I've scored against you and I don't care. But, you know, that's his choice and that's the one he made. But no, as you said, I, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. He was our player. He's not anymore. You know, I'm grateful for what he did here, but I'm not going to... And I think when he made his move to the Premier League, I said good luck to him, but I'm not keeping an eye out for him every week, seeing how he gets on anymore. He's a Huddersfield player. We've, he's had his time with us and, and we just move on uh, and that's it. And he's not... You know, if Joe Gomez comes back here, I think he would get a slightly different reaction. For example, Carlin's made the bed he has and, you know, we look at that and and kind of just move on, I think. Yeah, right, Lonnie Giza says, it's still in our own hands. It's the complete meltdown from our fickle fans that does my nut in uh, after every defeat. And I definitely, uh, yeah, I always, imp- I always suggest staying off social media for about two hours after a defeat. I always, I never look at mine. 
uh, after we've lost because it's not worth it. Lewis Stubbs says it was absolutely pathetic, a spineless, lackluster, heartless and effortless performance. The players weren't up for it and got exactly uh, what we deserved. Bayer as well got his tactics and team selection totally wrong. I expect a refund uh, for that. Uh, long long journey to see absolute rubbish we have to move on to the next one of course dwelling on the last two games will do us no good at Middlesbrough is a massive game and we have to keep fighting and get behind the team Dave Boyd just says boo <laughs> um, uh, David Jervis uh, Jarvis uh, sorry says the most productive thing we can do as a fan base is leave that game behind us and turn all the frustrations into producing a cup final atmosphere for Saturday's game we can't change the past uh, but can impact the future 10 games left and the team need us a big passionate crowd uh, will help them as well moaning negativity and analyzing that game to death will not help anybody let's leave that to Bayer and his staff uh, who can do something productive with it and gain something from it Uh, it was an awful result what more can we say Twitter has been toxic since the result on Wednesday in August we were happy to finish above the bottom three on goal difference and knew what a tough job Bayer had Uh, the squad is weaker than last season I don't understand the sudden shock anger and abuse yes Uh, Yesterday we were poor, uh, but we haven't hit the bottom three yet and have 10 games left. We spent years campaigning to rid our club of Duchatelet uh, and have finally achieved that. And this week we've had some fans sending abusive messages to the new chairman. We need to get behind the team, uh, see out the season and give ESA a, a chance before... Uh, to back Boya before we start judging. Right, Cliff says that we will stay up this season. Um, I've said it all season and stand by that. There's 10 games left and we have not been in the bottom three all seasons. So let's stay positive and get behind uh, the boys. Uh, Lewis also adds uh, we have to move on. Uh, oh, I've sort of read that one already. And uh, right, Steph, uh, still I uh, believe that we'll stay up, but Burrow and Hull obviously must win games now. It's vital that we all get behind the team on Saturday and remain positive. Too many people are blaming ESI for our current position. That's not helping uh, anyone. Uh, right, Tom says yesterday was a gutless performance and all of the players need to take a long look at themselves. Uh, we can see that the January signings weren't good enough. One aging winger, winger who's had no impact, uh, one defensive midfielder who's been very average and a youngster who's not even played yet. Uh, right, Phil the Valley, uh, time to forget that game and look ahead to Saturday. Uh, we need to start promoting that game in the same way we would a big playoff cash, uh, clash and build up a big crowd and big atmosphere. L- looking back doesn't help the team, but we can uh, make a difference this weekend. Dan says, uh, very disappointed how, luck- how lackluster we played, given how attacking uh, we lined up. Aidan McGeady constantly lost possession and never tracked back once. I hope Boya decides to ditch the diamond and play a flat 4-4-2 because we've been sussed out tactically in the last couple of games. Uh, Chris Gray says that there's no battle from the Addicts recently, especially away from home. Dan said, obviously, it was a disappointing result, but we must keep the faith. Too much negativity on social media doesn't help matters. We've got to get behind the lads uh, rather than on their backs. And in Boya, we trust. Robert says, in the darkest times, our truest nature reveals itself. This is the lowest we've been all season. Boya came out with fighting talk last night, and at the Valley next Saturday, I expect to find out what our club is truly made of and we need to win our home games right London in it geezer are we Morgan liking the grants just tweet is completely disrespectful to us fans and his employer Charlton uh, maybe a small thing to some but out of order I don't care if he's a personal friend he's basically uh, celebrating us losing uh, Richard Justin says for the first time this season I think we are down uh, why didn't we improve our centre-back options in the window yeah it's certainly been brought up a few times now uh, CFC facts and stats we didn't tame the Terriers uh, so we will have to smack the Smoggies instead yeah, yeah. I saw a uh, uh, a few people uh, biting uh, Ollie's uh, the tweet before the game. I mean, before the game, you are gonna, you're not going to tweet. Oh, let's hope we don't lose today. You're going to send tweets saying, 
along the lines of let's hope we go out and get a win. Obviously, when we lose, it's not the it's not ideal. But I think people have been I've never seen such overreaction on on social media about a tweet as if that has any implication on the result. People are absolutely losing their minds because of that. It's crazy. Yeah, that's pretty sure why we lost the game. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, we yeah. I think the players were getting ready to win. I mean, they're, they're just lining up in you know, in the warm up, thinking right, I fancy a winter. They got the phone out. Tame the terriers. No, not having it. <laughs> Unbelievable overreaction there. Right, Tim Jackson, uh, three days off work for two games, two defeats, zero scored and five conceded. I spent well over £200 on the whole trip. Didn't get home to Essex until 1am this morning. Charlton is a curse, not an enjoyment right now. <laughs> uh, but we'll be we'll all be there Saturday. We keep going, yeah. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully there'll be an improvement on Saturday. Great Space, support that. Yeah, yeah, excellent support, yeah. Um, staying up there and uh, having a, well, at least had a few days out of town. Right? Enjoy your little couple holiday. couple of days off work. Yeah, uh, Space Dive Cat that says that we hit the nail on the head. Uh, something that we were thinking about yesterday. Bose teams are full of battle and will never give up. It was scary how quickly we capitulated yesterday. First time this season, I've genuinely thought that we could go down, but we need to stick with them. Uh, tough times are ahead. Sebo uh, says this is where the manager is really going to earn his money uh, when the going is tough. Uh, and you know, how you need to get the players to react to a big defeat in a not-so-good performance, and also as a group of players who are not used to such a setback, we need to react, and Dan wants to see us bin the diamond and try a 4-2-3-1, uh, as if Robinson was back, with uh, McGeady on the left, Williams down the middle, and Green uh, on the right. All right, let's have a quick break here on Charlton Live. When we come back, we've still got plenty more of your messages to come to uh, on this evening's show. Solly, backwards to Lockyer. Lockyer, short to Bond. Bond, lovely chip ball forward to Solly. Gets the touch. Solly, chips oh. to the back post. He'll come the way of Perrington. It's an awkward one. Pass back to Cullen, who strikes. What a strike! Oh. It's blocked. Comes the way of Bond with the header. Yeah. Bond with the goal! And Charlton equalise! Josh Cullen's thunderous effort. Deflected up in the air by Semi Ajayi. And Macaulay Bond had an open goal to head Charlton level. Hey, welcome back. This is Charlton Live on your Sunday evening. Looking back at a very disappointing 4-0 defeat up at Huddersfield yesterday. Um, yeah, a bit disconcerting the way that they fell apart in the last 20 minutes. And as you'd expect, we get plenty of correspondence on a, on a night like tonight as people like to try and get off their chest, their worries for the rest of the season. Uh, Charlton sitting just two points above the relegation zone. Everyone's going to be watching that game, aren't they, tomorrow night? Middlesbrough versus Forest. Uh, to see if they if if Middlesbrough get a result and drag us even closer into the drop zone, but that's uh, something we'll worry about on Thursday, I guess, because uh, we still got more emails. McSquared said uh, it must be of great concern that even though our long term injury crisis eased some time ago, our form has barely improved, if at all. Uh, well, we have won three in six when beforehand I guess we'd won two in eighteen, so it has improved, but some of the performances have been probably similar, which is quite disappointing. Um, there are several players such as Green, McGeady, uh, Ostuma and Oshelaja that are failing to make a significant positive impact. 
uh, at the worst possible time. Our sloppy defending isn't helping, of course, but surely it's no coincidence that our midfield creativity has been severely lacking since Gallagher was recalled by Chelsea. Uh, Without decent service, Taylor and Bonner being forced to feed on scraps, and that won't be enough to win matches. Fighting qualities uh, have seen the side through some impressive results throughout the season, but Saturday's capitulation at Huddersfield must have set alarm bells ringing. We're looking ineffective in the final third again, and this needs to change immediately, or we will be staring relegation in the face. Robert Chilvers, just a thought, let's sack Bowyer and appoint any of the 50 or so brilliant managers that get on the forum. Uh, a football <laughs> season, last 10 months, uh, we've had an opposite season to Wiggins and we're both in the proverbial. Uh, if the season ended now, Bowyer would be reinstated as God. Let's keep the faith. Yeah, I mean, uh, all of us as fans and as you know, people on the show and, and people who tweet in and stuff, you know, we all, as we said, we all have the benefit of hindsight and we all don't actually have to be in the manager's position to make these tough decisions. We don't have to live by what we're saying and that's why it is quite easy to you know as Robert points out we all we all think deep down we could do the job but you never know do you exactly and Bowyer's learning all the time he's still a very young coach uh, it's still early days for him I saw someone yesterday I don't know if it was a joke saying we should get Warnock in and that Bowyer should go I know Warnock's a good manager in terms of rescuing teams but really are we just going to go to that I think Bowyer's got a chance to build something here irrespective of what division we're in next year he's at He's a young manager learning his game. He loves the club. You're not going to get anyone who manages to get more desire and effort out of a group of players than Lee Bowyer. And yeah, it's very easy. And and I try and come on here and kind of dissect a game and look at what happened, but I couldn't tell you what to do for the next game any better than Lee Bowyer could. And if I did, I'd be in the manager's chair. And unfortunately for me, I'm not. So... Yeah. Fortunately for us, though, yeah, someone perhaps. The show, well, who go. knows? <laughs> but yeah, everyone's obviously going to have their opinion. And that's what the show's all about. And it's brilliant, but... I think Bowyer knows what he's doing and we have to trust him. Yeah, right. Robert then sends another email which uh, probably uh, totally wipes out any respect I do have for him. He says, we'll beat Millwall and that'll be the win that saves us from relegation. I mean, you're talking nonsense, I said, Robert. I said that the other yeah. week as well. <laughs> getting, getting, uh, you know, living in dreamland now, beating Millwall. Right, Neil says, I honestly think we won't stay up now. Uh, players are showing no fight or passion in their last two games. Something is wrong uh, to just change like that. I really like Bowyer. People wanting him out is stupid as another manager will come in and probably uh, do the same. The players have to take the blame for me. Uh, they get paid good money to play a few games a week and train a few hours today. Is it too much to ask for a bit of effort? Uh, you should be coming off that pitch absolutely exhausted every game. I feel like... Uh, most of the team will be gone in the summer anyway so they don't give a toss time will tell though Boyer is a good manager and will be a legend in my eyes if he keeps us up with the rubbish that we have on the pitch right Dave says uh, the defence is shocking backing away from attackers instead of coming out towards them giving them too much space all this passing back as well we need to pump the ball upfield and let the forwards get hold of it yeah I mean obviously there's clearly a a need to play the ball forward. I think simply playing it long is is not our game, and it, and it won't be unless you know the, the the opposition are playing a high line. But yeah. you know, I understand. Uh, yeah, there's been a couple of times recently where we've been playing it around at the back, and it's cost us. Right, Nathan says, uh, firstly, a fantastic show. Uh, thank you. I tune in every week and enjoy the measured honesty and balance on many a subject, uh, with a feeling you are the conduit between our fan base and our club. Thanks, Nathan. Uh, I don't think my first contribution. Uh, to the show would be one of negativity. However, reading some of the poisonous social media declarations that have seemingly gathered pace, uh, maybe in line with our form as predicted by our manager early on in the season uh, that finishing fourth from bottom would be a good victory for us. Uh, I felt the need to send in a message in the hope that you either read it out or pass it on to the club. 
There is an unpleasant and unacceptable undertone in some quarters of our support, uh, which is quickly becoming chronic. To name some of the incidents I've witnessed, whether it's listening and standing up to a group of self-proclaimed comedians making racist and homophobic slurs while spending the whole match uh, calling a Jack Grealish uh, a, a nasty name during Chris Solly's testimonial or a journey home from Luton game. Uh, and the appalling vulgarity being aimed at members of the public is simply not and never has been a topic associated with our diverse and deeply rooted in the community uh, club. Carlin, as you well know, is a local lad and shouldn't have been and should have been warmly applauded, although nothing over the top, uh, in my opinion. It's a short career move for all the right reasons, uh, as we would in our own careers. Uh, he should be given the opportunity and the circumstances arise. The filth aimed at him yesterday simply cannot be laughed off or maybe I've got it wrong. Moreover, the abuse that the team and the new ownership led by Matt Southall are having to encounter is, is damaging and pathetic. Uh, yes, we have players in our team that are League One standard, and this is showing and will be addressed in the summer, I have no doubt. However, let's get a sense of perspective on where we've been and how far together we have come. Additionally, it's the same easy targets that are pursued. It needs to be eradicated. It must be addressed. And whether it starts with self-management, i.e. calling these people out or something more, then who knows? This stain on our club needs removing quickly. Thank you, and keep up the good work. That's from Nathan. Yeah, I mean, obviously, first of all, anything racist, homophobic, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously report 100%. that to, to the correct people. And, and yeah, we, we, we're not the correct people for that. But obviously, the, the authorities on that but yeah social media is, is a toxic toxic place and, and football grounds are, are, can be pretty toxic places as well and certainly uh, no more so than when uh, we're in the run of a defeat and it's a shame uh, and you hope to see that sort of stuff eradicated as soon as possible right Elizabeth uh, Edwin says wow what a cold miserable match that was it was bloody freezing yesterday by the so way so cold and I know people are laughing at the video of us doing the interview with Bailey <laughs> especially Nick from the new <laughs> shopper looks like his Bless arms him. about to fall off he was shaking so much he was cold I mean, it was freezing uh, at the uh, John Smith Stadium yesterday. You, if you haven't seen the video of Boya being interviewed on Twitter, look at it and watch Nick's hand on the left-hand side. It's like, it does look like he's got something wrong with him there, but it was just freezing. Um, Liz says, I thought the uh, the boys were poor, especially in the first half. We look exhausted at the end of the second half, but some spells of proper Charlton play it still gives me hope that we might survive relegation. I really hope they get a rocket from Lee and play better next week. I stayed up north today in a friend's cottage, uh, but we'll listen to the podcast to cheer me up, then back to Kent uh, tomorrow. I'm not sure we'll cheer you up, Liz, but yeah, I hope you're having a nice trip away uh, anyway. And, and I am like you. I'm clinging on to the fact that for 20 minutes we were all right yesterday. And hopefully they'll be able to continue that over time. Right, uh, John Butler says, Hi guys, do you think that Bowyer made a mistake by seemingly going for a draw at Sheffield Wednesday? That I thought that that was the more winnable game, especially when you considered that they hadn't scored at home this season. Uh, Huddersfield would always be more of a threat going forward, so you would have thought that was the game to be a bit more defensive and hope you get a chance to nick a goal. There's still 10 games to go, 30 points to play for, so I'm hoping and trying to play uh, stay positive, even though yesterday's performance has got me a little bit concerned. Uh, if we can just get back-to-back wins, uh, we should be okay. That's from John uh, in Camberwell. It's an interesting point. Certainly, we we went quite attacking yesterday, and obviously it didn't pay off, and you could argue we were a bit more defensive at Sheffield Wednesday, which also didn't pay off. Right, David, uh, hi, guys. We seem a little exposed at fullback in wide positions. I'd like to see Matthews uh, and Purrington uh, with Green and Doughty in front of them in a 4-4-2. Uh, we also need to get forward and get crosses in. It's no good blasting Matt Southall for now. We didn't do the right business in the window, uh, but we will have to deal with that. Uh, with what we have. Keep the faith. Yeah, uh, certainly. Right, Dominic uh, says, Hi, guys. Thanks for the show. Always love listening, even when it's tough to hear the analysis. Yeah, uh, just emailing on the back of uh, tweeting me earlier. Whilst I should say I wasn't at the game this time, it's really saddened me uh, this week with the result. Uh, the guy, and Again, about how poisonous it's been. Um, 
talk about the incident with Carlin Grant uh, says the results have been disappointing recently but we can't let them take away the values of Cholton and uh, not sure your thoughts but maybe it's because I'm just about old enough to remember uh, when Curbs left I find anything resembling fickleness very difficult to see at Cholton even though it may be uh, just a part of football and yeah that's a good point that that, that that could be part of it but that's just where we are unfortunately at the moment right and <laughs> Andy Green I nearly said Andre Green that'd be great yeah. if Andre Green started tweeting in uh, says hate to say it but not signing a decent centre back uh, to work with Locker in January has killed us uh, we are conceding so many stupid late goals it's become a bit of a joke uh, also we may have won three games lately but let's not kid ourselves we've been lucky uh, to have won those we are not playing well the diamond is not working and Boya needs to change it we will go down and half the team will go including Taylor which is poor considering we had a lot of money in January, well, we had money in January to buy a player as well. Hopefully, it won't come to that, um, but we'll see, won't we? Right, I'm, go- I'm going to get to a couple more messages from the forum. I think I'm going to struggle to read everything out that's coming uh, this evening, but thanks to those of you who have contacted us. If uh, if I haven't been able to read it out by the end of the show, I apologise, uh, but I can assure you I will read it myself when I get home and take on board everyone's uh, points. Objective CFC says, uh, bang in trouble. Uh, what a difference a week makes. Uh, fingers crossed the other teams bottle it. Uh, weirdly, these weren't the worst performances of the season, though. We need Sartre and Prattley back next week, or you may as well... Uh, put a bow on that gift of 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 Pierce and Oshelaja for Borough. I mean, do you fear that that defensive partnership going into the Borough game? Didn't look great, did it yesterday? Um, and yeah, I think <clears throat> despite what frailty sometimes Sar has, or how much he makes you have your heart in your mouth, he's clearly a very good quality centre back. And as I said earlier, I think despite his drop in form, I think Lockyer's probably been our best centre back over the course of the season as well. I think if Prattley's fit, I'd like to see Prattley maybe play in there if if needed. Um, but if not, as I say, I think for me, Pierce and Saar, despite the fact they'll both be left-footed, is the way to go. Because mm. although Oshelaja does offer us something, as I say, I don't think we've got the time now in the season to let him play his way into form. And last couple of games, he's just looked a little bit shaky for me. Yeah, yeah the president's saying that the thought of Pierce and Oshelaja at the back, even against a team that hasn't won since the 1st of January, uh, fills me with great apprehension. Mm. Uh, even if it crocks them for the whole season, get Prattley and Sarah out there for this whole time. Even if they've only got one leg, get them out there and get them on the pitch. I mean, you, I could bet Darren Prattley, even if, if he had no legs, he'd still have, <laughs> find a way to run around the pitch, wouldn't he? Yeah. Uh, Silly Billy says this week has been such a kick in the teeth. Proof, uh, if we needed it, that we pretty much have a mid-table League One squad. Cheers, Roland. Uh, and a rookie manager who's finding out the hard way that you need more than uh, balls and bravado at this level. January has given us a bunch of duds. And for the first time, there is talk on the forums of heads going down after the second goal uh, went in yesterday. It's way too early to castigate our new owners. But let's just say they have a lot to prove in the coming months. For the first time, despite all our problems this season, I feel like we are going down. 30 points to play for, 10 cup finals, and a few more twists and turns to come. The next two games are season-defining. We need to dust ourselves down and get behind the boys with a passion. Mendonca and Astas did ask for news on uh, Naby and Prattley's return. I think we heard that from from Lee Bowyer earlier. Uh, They're all big games from here on in, uh, but the Borough game is huge next weekend. Lee's got to pick up the boys and pick a winning balance but positive team and the president says we need to we need to play an aggressive pressing game from the off give them no space throw everything at them but will that happen i have my doubts uh, Bert palmer um uh, sent a message uh, saying something earlier perhaps it would help if esi started offering a few contracts to players as well i mean that's something else that we'll think about i mean that will help to, to get a few more people on side as well which i mean you think you think that is something that's presumably going to happen when you don't know what league you're going to be in that makes it a bit tougher i guess but yeah and we know that they're talking to some players i think the only one that's really going to 
cheer fans up would be Lyle Taylor and he's not going to sign a contract until he knows where we're playing so I get where he's coming from it would would be nice maybe the likes of Dills possibly could get one over the line but I think probably we're going to have to wait because players are going to hang on and see where we are mm, right Muzza uh, Jazz says we need two wins and two draws probably to be safe uh, hope is a terrible thing and then covered it into saying well will that be enough uh, two weeks ago I thought 47 points will be enough but now I'm thinking it might be 50 yeah the way the table's going now I mean, my 45 points from a few weeks ago is looking like mm. crazy now. I mean, it, it, it's starting to look like it may be a season where you need to get in the high 40s or even 50 to, to stay up, which is not how it always plays out, but it, it may well be how it will be this year. Right, we've run out of time uh, on this evening's Charlton Live. It's absolutely flown past. Uh, like I say, there's quite a few messages that have come in that we haven't even been able to get to, but like I say, I'll read some of them. I'll see if we can use some of them on Thursday as well because there's still plenty to talk about. Um, but thank you to those of you who've listened to this evening's show. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've managed to get something off your chest at least uh, and we can now draw a line under yesterday's defeat uh, up at Huddersfield uh, thanks to Tom for dragging yourself here Good cheers to see mate uh, I've been Louis Mendes we'll be back here on Thursday evening then to look ahead to a massive massive game against Middlesbrough at the Valley next week but for now uh, we'll, we'll part ways we'll say goodbye thank you for listening we'll see you back here on Thursday evening let's keep the faith <laughs> mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.